Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Milbank Podcast Studio in Milbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg in studio with Pastor Dave again. We are working our way. We're 10 weeks into the book of James right now. Last week, uh, we <laughs> James warned us about the dangers of pride. And today, it's all about humility. Welcome back to the studio. Thanks, Craig. It's good to be with you, and uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, not only did James point out the problem, but he gave us the solution. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, as well. And uh, as I said at the conclusion of last week's session, uh, whenever there's a problem or you point out a problem, uh, I believe it's your responsibility to provide mm-hmm. a solution to the problem as mm-hmm. well. Uh, a lot of people can be critics Uh, But a few people can be uh, uh, ambassadors of help, if if you please. And I believe that's what James is to us here. What I would like to do as we begin this week is just do a quick recap. Uh, What I did uh, in in this particular study, uh, I divided a paragraph. Mm. uh, And I, I took the first half as I dealt with the issue of pride. And uh, then I'm going to deal with the remainder of the paragraph today uh, as we look at the solution Mm -hmm. uh, to overcoming the issue of pride. And so just to recap a little bit about pride, uh, let's uh, examine James' warning uh, as was found in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. He states the following, that pride, and I'm saying that pride is the source, but uh, it's, it's the root <laughs> yeah. underneath what he's saying here. It's the source of quarrels and conflicts. It results in lust and murder. It produces envy, quarreling, fighting. It blinds us to our spiritual needs. It hinders our prayers due to wrong motives. As a result of pride, Our relationship to this world is like an adulterous relationship, and we are enemies of God. In a phrase, no good thing will come out of pride. However, while pride hinders our relationship with the Lord, humility opens the door Mm. to God's blessing. And uh, so James has said, here's here's what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But here is the solution. Let's look at James 4, verses 5 through 10. James says, Or do you think that the Spirit speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the Spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable, and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. This passage is what I call the tale of two spirits, the spirit of this world and the Holy Spirit. James has revealed the nature of the world spirit, beginning with the 
world's wisdom. And we are going clear back to chapter 3, where he he did a a comparison between godly wisdom Mm -hmm. and then the earthly wisdom. And so uh, he shows us the folly of of that earthly wisdom, uh, but he also encourages us to move forward in the power of the Spirit. Worldly wisdom uh, is the impact of pride. Mm. We think that this is the way it's going to be, this is the way to do it, and we refuse to acknowledge error. You know, when I, I look at worldly wisdom as we go clear back to the last part of chapter 3, I can't help but remember that the Apostle Paul talked about the fruit of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what uh, we see manifested in worldly wisdom. And so uh, as we look at Galatians chapter 5, we see him contrasting the fruit of the flesh with the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, when James says here that God uh, desires the Spirit which he has made to dwell in us, he desires that we manifest, that we bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Listen to what James, or excuse me, what Paul said to the church at Galatia. Galatians 5, starting with verse 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law." Now, that's a powerful statement in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could stop right there, and and uh, we we clearly understand the delineation between the two. But Paul takes it even a little further as we look at verse 19 now. He says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. I couldn't say it any better than the Apostle Paul just said it. James is echoing the same point here. It's the Spirit that is within us that God desires. He has deposited the Holy Spirit in the believer. Know you not, he said to the church at Corinth in chapter 3 and also in chapter 6 of his first letter to the church at Corinth, know you not, you are the temple 
of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. What a precious privilege that is for us to, to have the very Spirit of God residing, dwelling within us, hab habitating with us, tabernacling, if you please, with us. And he desires that the Spirit's presence, as is evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, be seen in the way in which we walk, in which we talk. Those who follow Christ are called to walk in humility. However, let's acknowledge it's a battle. <laughs> it's a battle. And at times we struggle to do so. You know, uh, when we were talking about pride last week, uh, I acknowledged that uh, it was not they, it's we. <laughs> right. uh, you know, we all struggle with that. And, and so there are times when it's, it's a battle for the Spirit to, uh, to really uh, be evident in our life and his fruit to be on display. But here's the beauty, and I love this particular phrase, God's grace is greater. Mm. Uh, there, there's an old hymn of the church, uh, grace, uh, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. And so God's grace is much greater mm -hmm. than the power of sin within us. And that's the reason that he sent Christ to be the sacrifice for our sin, to liberate us, to break the bondage of sin and death, that we might have life and so with that in mind, uh, let's walk in these truths today. The scripture says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't even know where to begin. Um, we look about us today and, and we see such arrogance. Uh, and it, it's at every level of society. Uh, the arrogance, the pride that, that is on display. And when I think of that, and you know what? I'm not going to worry about those that surround me. I'm going to worry about myself and the tendency I have to be prideful. And when I find that the, this is manifesting itself in me, mm -hmm. it's time for me to say, David, you need to understand where you're at right now. This is becoming a hindrance to, mm -hmm. uh, to walking in the flow of the, the spirit and the flow of the, the, the beauty of God's presence. He resists the proud. Uh, I don't want to oppose him, you know. <laughs> The Apostle Paul in Romans 8 talks about what we were before we came to Christ. Mm -hmm. and, and we were enemies of God. We were working in opposition to him. And I have no desire to, to work in opposition to my Heavenly Father. I want to work in concert with him. Uh, so the Apostle Paul, or the, excuse me, James says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Listen to this. Therefore, submit yourselves to the Lord. You know what that is? That's an acknowledgement that you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. 
You can struggle as much as you want. You can, and I think we make it harder on ourselves a lot of times because of pride. You know, I don't want to admit weakness. I don't want to admit that I'm in over my head on yeah. something. I'm reminded of uh, one of the, the most precious moments I had in ministry. Uh, I had a neighbor who uh, had, well, let's just give the background. Uh, he was uh, active duty Marine Corps and uh, uh, had that Marine mentality, that hoorah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's nothing that we can't handle. You know, and they're going to storm the beaches and they're going to take no prisoners. And, yeah. and uh, they, they had it. And uh, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, he had no time for God. Uh, he, he was a Marine. Uh, he had this. Uh, he was going to handle life on his terms and with that Marine Corps uh, independence and determination. And uh, the leukemia was getting the best of him. And uh, when we had moved in next door to him, he didn't want to live next door to a pastor. Uh, his family attended the, the church that I pastored, but, uh, he wouldn't darken the door. He had no time for God. And so I just made it my point to be his friend. I wasn't trying to be his pastor. I just wanted to be his friend. And so whenever he would mow his yard, I would go mow my yard. When he got close to the fence on his backyard mowing, I made sure I was close to the fence, and I'd just engage him in conversation. Good afternoon. How you doing? You know, and just uh, be a friend. Uh, He was putting in a basketball hoop for his son, and uh, I saw that he was struggling digging the hole, and uh, I went over and I says, could I help you? And he was happy to have the help. You know, I just, I was a neighbor to him. I got a call from his wife one day, and she said he would like to have you come up to the hospital uh, where he is. And uh, I went up there and uh, greeted him. And he said, you know, David, he said, I have uh, always thought that uh, with my determination and and uh, that uh, Marine Corps resolved that uh, I could beat this disease. And he says, I can't do it anymore. He says, uh, I'd like God's help with this. I'd like Jesus to uh, take control of this situation. And it was a beautiful moment. Uh, It was a powerful moment. Uh, I wish I could tell you that he was healed, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, He did succumb to uh, the ravages of leukemia. But the beauty is this, that his life was transformed because he drew near to God and God drew near to him, transformed his priorities, transformed his life. Uh, We became not only good neighbors, but we became good friends. And uh, it, it was... Uh, one of the most cherished relationships that I had in life. And so when we acknowledge that we can't do it alone, we open the door to one of the greatest resources that we'll ever know, and that's God's help. Not one of the greatest, but 
the greatest resource that we will ever know, and that's God's help. Now, James says to us here that we need to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It occurred to me that uh, we need to stop making him welcome in our life. (laughs) And uh, we do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we allow ourselves to be consumed with uh, doubt, dread, uncertainty. Uh, We allow some of our appetites to uh, dominate us and uh, our thought lives become uh, corrupted by uh, the values of society today and the continual exposure that we have to ungodly, unholy things. Uh, And we begin to let those things take root and grow in our heart and in our life. And obviously, they bring out a a, a destructive fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, that whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And so if you're sowing to the flesh corruption, you're going to reap corruption. But if you're sowing righteousness, you're going to reap righteousness as well. And so we need to stop making him welcome in our life. We need to stop listening to his accusations and to his lies. Uh, Years ago, I I heard a Christian musician say this, and it it impounded me. Or it it didn't impound me. It it impacted me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And uh, the thing that he said was this, that every time the devil reminds me of my past, (laughs) and he does, he's Mm -hmm. the accuser of the brethren, you know. Uh, Every time he reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, you know, that's that's a clever little spin Mm -hmm. there. But uh, what a great thing to resist the enemy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we hear a lot today about bullying. Mm. Uh, And uh, there's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of debate on how best to handle bullies. Uh, but the fact of the matter is when you stand up to a bully, generally they back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they only respond to weakness. Yeah. And when you show weakness, then they exploit that weakness. But when you resist and you show strength, then they back away from that. And Satan will back off mm. if we resist him. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think that is so important for us today. And then James goes on uh, to say, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Take the initiative to come into the presence of the Lord on a daily basis. I hope that the listeners realize it's it's a priority of life to make place for God, mm. uh, to have a time of quietness. Uh, as you read through the Psalm, uh, Psalms, you'll find uh, the psalmists are spending time in prayer. They're spending time in meditation. They're spending time in reflection on the Word. Uh, how does this apply to my circumstance? How does this apply to my life? You know, and, and to discover what God is speaking to you 
and saying to you Mm -hmm. in those quiet moments. Uh, Sadly, uh, there is a great drought of, of spiritual awareness today. Mm. Uh, I had a, or I have a friend, a pastor friend who, who says that, uh, Bible literacy is at an all time low. Uh, and, uh, I have to, uh, agree with him because people are not spending time in the word like they used to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talk to some of the older people, uh, when I call them older people, they're people my age. <laughs> That's humbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people my age who talk about uh, when they were growing up at home. And, of course, this was back when families had meals together. And uh, many times uh, I'll hear people say that uh, we would sit down at the table and and dad would take the scriptures and he might read uh, a verse of scripture or a couple verses of scripture. Uh, as a kid growing up, we had uh, on our dining room table what was called a promise box. Uh, and it was a, a little box that had little verses of scripture on it, a single verse. And uh, we would rotate around the table and we would draw out the scripture and we would read that scripture and it was generally something encouraging something that was affirming uh, something that reminded us of God's great love and then we would give uh, thanks for the meal and and we would eat it but it it we would eat the meal it it brought to the forefront the importance of God's word and uh, I think that that's something that we need to take initiative again uh, in doing pressing into the presence of the Lord. And we do so through worship. We do so in the meditation on the Scripture. We do so through times of prayer, through times of quietness. We can press into the presence of the Lord. And, and it, it will truly amaze you how sweet the times of fellowship are uh, as we spend that time with the Lord, it will amaze you as as you experience the restorative power of God's presence. Uh, it will amaze you as you experience that daily renewal uh, of the inner man, uh, that inner person as God speaks to you. James goes on to say that we are to uh, cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. Uh, and as I was reading that, I immediately thought of uh, David, King David in Psalm 24. And, and he asks a question uh, in verses uh, 3 and 4. Uh, and the question is this, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, and has not sworn deceitfully. But when I read that passage of Scripture, Craig, I realize that I'm disqualified. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm definitely disqualified. Uh, my hands aren't clean. Uh, my heart, <laughs> uh, wow, my heart uh, isn't always pure. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, whoops. That doesn't include me. But then I have to remember something. His grace is greater. 
And uh, that's what James reminds mm-hmm. us here. And we are washed, according to the Scripture, by the water and the Word. The Apostle Paul speaking to uh, the church at Ephesus and, and also speaking of the work of Christ in, prayer, in preparing the church for himself, says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loves loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word mm-hmm. that's how we come into mm-hmm. the presence of the lord through the way that he has opened up to us you know in in hebrews it says that uh, and this is in chapter 10 that he has opened up a new and living way for us mm-hmm. through his own flesh and he has, and he has redeemed us. He has washed us uh, with his, we are washed by the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. We are washed by the waters of baptism. Uh, he makes it possible for us to come in to his presence. And the reason he has done so is that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory with no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. Mm. You know, as I reflect back over my life and uh, think about the the journey, uh, sin was fun. (laughs) You know, I'd I'd be a liar if I said it it wasn't Mm -hmm. fun. It was fun for a season. But ultimately... Sin leaves you broken, Mm -hmm. leaves you destitute, leaves you bankrupt spiritually, morally, uh, intellectually. It it will devastate you, remembering that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is the downward spiral that that we see Mm -hmm. unfolding in many people's lives. But the fact of the matter is our self-satisfaction will turn to misery as we pursue it to its end. Our laughter is going to be turned to mourning as we reap the consequences. Our joy will become gloom. But James says, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord and he will lift you up. I couldn't help but think of the story in Luke chapter 7. James had, er, Jesus had been invited to uh, dine at the house of a Pharisee. And he went in and he's there at the table with the, the folks that had gathered for the meal. And the Bible says that a woman came in and she was so moved that she began to weep and wet the feet of the Savior. She wiped his feet with her hair. She took expensive ointment and anointed him. And everybody there said, if this guy were really a prophet, he would know what type of lady this is. Mm -hmm. She was an immoral lady. She was a prostitute. But I see one who had come to the point of her laughter being turned to mourning, Mm. her joy to gloom. 
and in desperation reaching out in humility to the Lord. And the Lord exalted her. And that's what the scriptures tell us today, that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He exalts us in his season, in his time. Let's walk in her her footsteps. Excellent. Thanks again for listening, and thanks to Pastor Dave for digging deeper into the Word with us. Be sure to come back next week for the continuation of James. This is Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers from the Y Millbank Podcast Network in Millbank, South Dakota. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time.